Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help autistic adults and teens become more successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. One of my secrets in coaching people successfully, at least the majority of the time, is the ability to access my intuition. That started naturally and then turned into something I'm consciously aware of and I have further strengthened that skill. On today's episode of Autism Stories, we talk with Rebecca Cavender, who discusses how intuition can change everything for autistic people. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, you've live somewhere that I've always wanted to visit, and that is Kenya. What was your experience in Kenya like? Oh, I loved Kenya very much, and I lived in Nairobi, so it's a really large metropolitan capital city, and was incredibly diverse, and just being in the city, you are around people from all over the continent of Africa and all over the world. And so you're always seeing many different, you know, beautiful faces and ethnicities and hearing different languages. And so it was a very easy place as a foreigner to be because it was eclectic and diverse in that way, just with the people. And um, and then uh, the environment itself was just, beautiful. It was not too, the weather is kind of one of those ideal weather um, in Nairobi anyway, where it's not too hot or too cold, and it's beautiful foliage, and then you're, the, the city itself has a national park, so you're always really close to kind of the wild and the nature. Um, what about the beginning of your story in the autism community? Where does that start? You know, officially, the start of my uh, involvement in the autism community would be um, a few years ago after I got my diagnosis. My daughter was diagnosed about a year before me, but I still wasn't really involved with autistic, the autistic community itself. But then after my diagnosis, I was I, I eventually was pretty out about it, and then um by meeting another autistic advocate um, online, then I um, kind of was embraced and met many other um, online advocates through her. Um, It was the neurodiverse woman who connected me to a lot of other online advocates, which has been really quite amazing to find an online community of people, of um, adult autistics, and then that filtered into being in person, so meeting people, um, autistic advocates from the community in my region, in my state. So that's the official answer, but then on reflection, I was like, well, you know, I've really always had an autistic community in some ways because um, I realized I can identify throughout my life, um, starting in my childhood, certain people I was really had deep connections with, um, we've now been able to say, like, for example, my best friend growing up, she's been able, after my diagnosis, we've realized 
you know, she's self-diagnosed as a result, and that made sense of our unique connection. And then other people along my life as well, and then, um, of course, my daughter. Um, we've had an autistic kind of little family community even before we knew it. Even if you don't know you're part of it, you you are. <laughs> and in thinking back to Kenya, how was that experience as an autistic person? I would say it was both amazing and really hard <laughs> at the same time. Um, amazing from a sensory standpoint of, of like recognizing beauty and really challenging from a sensory standpoint as well. Kind of a place where Nairobi is pretty intense and there's a lot of crime. And so that meant I felt sort of this intensity all the time around potential crime. And that's really prevalent. Um, but I think I felt it in my body maybe more than some people might, even though kind of everybody was really on high alert all the time. <laughs> I think that was just amplified in me. Um, and even just the sensory stuff, if I'm downtown or driving, is pretty, pretty manic. But at the same time, those same sensory, like extra sensory sensitivities allowed me to really just be in love with the beauty um, of where I was, um, even just where I lived, it was on the, on the edge of the Nairobi National Park, so I heard all of these beautiful animal noises at night, I had night blooming jasmine, and the, the rains would come, and I could just see the beauty kind of fall down um, in the environment which I lived, and not, I'm very sensitive to that, and so that was almost like ecstatic for me. So it could kind of go from one <laughs> one end to the other in terms of that, you know, from the lens of autism, living there. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is a phenomenal place. I, I hope you get to go there. Now, you provide intuitive services, which is a great interest of mine because a family member of mine is very connected to intuitive services and intuition and all that. So for those that may not be aware, what are intuitive services? This is um, such an interesting question because um, I feel like it's so broad because it really, I think on one hand it kind of depends on how someone defines intuition and then also how, um, how much they're leading with that being their service and how the intuition comes through for them, which is can be different for different people. And so I think intuitive services can run the gamut from, honestly, people who don't maybe fully recognize they're using them. So let's say if you're a midwife or a doula or a, in hospice um, or a nurse or end-of-life services emergency service workers, teachers, they're probably all relying a lot on intuition, maybe consciously or not. And I think probably those who use those, um, use their intuition in those ways, in those, um, in those positions probably are much better at their job. 
but I think, so it can be anything from that to uh, someone who is an artist or a musician who paints intuitively or writes music intuitively. Me, I'm a writer, so that's my primary way, but then there's also people who will use them in coaching services or spiritual services or maybe they use things um, as a tool to help them access their intuition to gather information about a situation, which is really what intuition does is provide information. So um, they might use tarot cards or maybe there's somebody who is psychic or a medium. So, I mean, it can run the whole entire gamut of what you might not think is actually quite intuitive, but it's probably quite an intuitive job all the time to people who would really lead with that in their life. So I think it's really broad. And how did you first get started in providing intuitive services? Um, I think it really started for me when... um, um, it was cut on the back of a, divor- a divorce, and I was really kind of just coming back into myself and who, who I really was, and I was getting coaching services from a woman who was quite intuitive and said that I was, and I, I didn't really know, know that. Um, it's something that I think I had lost, um, kind of forgotten about from my childhood, honestly, which I think is really kind of the thread that follows through for most people about intuition is that it's quite natural as a child and then we kind of begin to not consider it logical or practical and kind of put it aside um, or we might think it's a little too magical or something like that and then um, she recognizes in me and, and we practiced it and then um I began coaching other people, and I noticed how much stronger that became for me. And then the more I used my intuition, the more it opened up. And and in my personal work as well, I'm providing copy. One of the things I do is provide copywriting services. Is that but from an intuitive place, I would just hear these like instead of it being all logic and analysis or salesy, I would hear. When I became quiet and present, I would I could hear um, like mythopoetic words that came through that were just so beautiful and, and could just put a stream of consciousness write them, but with the intention of them being of service to others. And then that practice really took off in terms of then me wanting to really use this to be a service to other people to re- they could remember that they're whole <laughs> and and remember and, and, and really express themselves and not hold back and and that you have to feel safe enough to do that and so that became a real passionate passion for me before I even knew I was autistic um just from having a normal wounding that many people have and is very prevalent in the autistic community of just feeling so different and feeling like there's something wrong with you and you're not the same as everyone else. You ta- you were talking a little bit about uh, your, your intuitive services and what they help people with. What are all the different types of services you provide? Well, for me, everything, the services I provide all come from this 
place that my hope is for people to really fully express themselves authentically and then and feel safe to do that and and I know that to do that they need to remember they really belong and that it's not and that it's safe you know for them to be able to express their true selves so the way I do that primarily is through writing so whether I am writing for someone so that they can express themselves better. So that's where my copywriting services come in and to help tap into their authentic voice. I listen into it and then write, basically write them <laughs> um, and their truth. Another way is a lot of people ask for personal, like intuitive poems. And, and I love doing that. <laughs> so for me, words are medicine. So I'll just feel into them, and I think a lot of autistic people are quite hyper-empathetic, so it's not that hard to do, um, and just feel into them and feel into what is this message that wants to come forward for them, and so there's this poem that will come forward for or message. And then another way um, that I really love serving is, is with writing, Facebook writing group for intuitive writing, and that's for autistics and highly sensitive people and empaths. So that's another way that people can come and we practice our intuitive writing. Um, occasionally I have writing circles, and they're always kind of intuitive writing circles, and um, that's one of my favorite things to do. And then, of course, I'll, I will also do... Um, coaching for people around their writing or around really their self-expression through writing or if they have a project that they want to work on for like a book that they're working on or um, they really want to hone in about if they have a business like well what is um, or they're like even an autistic self-advocate like get clear about what their core message is and what their purpose is what they're really all about and standing for so, yeah, pretty much everything I do, though, has to do with around helping to people feel safe enough to remember that they belong so that they can express their true, their true voice. I've found that many autistic people that I've met are very intuitive. Do you think that is accurate? And where exactly does this intuition come from? Yeah, well, a lot of the autistic people I know would say the same thing, <laughs> would agree with you. Um, I think there's some people, some parts of the autistic community that would really not like that at all. Um, so I don't want to say that that's true for everyone, but uh, so many autistic people I know would, would, would agree with that. And my take on it is because we live quite an extrasensory life. Um, we live through our senses and we experience them um, like in multiple ways that I think it, that is a lot of the intuitive pieces that come through for us and also pattern recognition. But to me, what intuition is really the ability to become really present in a moment um, so that you can listen to what the information is that's coming forward. And that's usually more of an unconscious tapping in. And so, you know, in front, if you kind of want to do like a psycho, um, 
psycho-spiritual standpoint, it, you know, it includes the pattern recognition, which autistic people are generally really great at, <laughs> um, and seeing these wider patterns for me, it's also looking at the archetypal, so when you look at the world through patterns and sensory patterns, then it's really easy to, from a non-logical place, and maybe even from the body, um, just feel into what seems to be true and receive information that way. And some people kind of aren't sure about intuition, but it's something that, you know, Eastern philosophers and religions have talked about since pretty much forever. You know, Plato was talking about it in Western philosophy. Young um, spent a lot of time talking about intuition and what an intuitive person was and the collective unconsciousness and so for me it's also it's all of that and also for me on a very personal level it's also kind of um, I it's important for me to since that's something that's easy for me to use that in service for others and so when that piece comes in for me, then I feel like there's a responsibility to be um, really mindful and loving and to, to make sure that um, I'm listening very, very, very well. <laughs> and I would probably use the, the language like it's a soul voice um, or this inner voice. And some people might not like that term, which is fine. They can use any term they want. I think it's something that it comes from something within you that also points to, for me, this, um, I guess it is a lot what Jung would call the collective unconscious, but to me it's even in some ways deeper than that, where we're with acknowledgement or recognition that we're all interconnected as beings, as living people, but also not just it to the land and to the animals to this earth that there's a web of interconnection and that, um, that when we're present and quiet we can really we can really feel that interconnection and how everything relates and affects one another that's what I kind of feel like it taps into you know my own inner wisdom but that that is not separate from And in thinking about intuition, how do you think it would be helpful for autistic or neurodiverse people to pay more attention to their intuition? And what maybe are some of the first steps in doing so? I think it changes everything. <laughs> I think it's really important for autistics and neurodivergent people because we, many of us have had this um, inner trust broken, where, um, again, you know, it's a symptom of not feeling like we really belong to the greater society, that we're, you know, on the edges of it, that we're too different, we don't really belong. And with that, um, it's our uniqueness and our sensory way of living in the world that's been kind of, we many of us have felt like has had to shut down, um, that we've had to mask and, and kind of not be connected to that causes an inherent sort of lack of trust of listening to yourself and what's true for you. And as really sensitive people, 
we need to live life on our own terms. We All people do, whether autistic or not, but when you are different, <laughs> then it's especially important to be able to really have um, a core trust within yourself and let go of other expectations of how it's supposed to work. So I think this impacts a daily life in terms of even, well, what should my schedule look like? How do I, um, how do I maneuver in the world? Do, how much do I put myself out there? Like, as simple as, um, you know, what kind of job are you going to get? What is the environment like that you're going to put yourself in? And what do you need to take care of yourself on a daily basis to recuperate and to reset? Or what is your personal inner rhythm and pattern so that you can best be authentically who you are in your your life? And um, for me... I'm very privileged in that I get to work from home, and so that allows me to have a great degree of control over my environment <laughs> and um, how I live my life and and how I and that works for me. And it's also a disadvantage because I don't, you know, have vacation, <laughs> healthcare, and retirement and and those sorts of things. But it's more important to me that I so well and focus and do the things I love so that means I get to take breaks during the day when I need to I I can go to the grocery store you know on off hours so they're not so busy I can really control my sensory input in my autistic life a lot better so that I can show up as a mom as a partner you know for my family and my clients in the way that I want to and that really comes down to a lot of intuition um, to really listening and trusting what is true for you and not looking outside yourself for those answers. And I think that's the most powerful part of intuition is that you're not relying on everyone else for the answers. And I, I know that that can be really kind of tough for a lot of people in general and for autistics, we can find that quite hard because we're we're so worried about not getting, you know, following the rules <laughs> and doing the right thing and what, how are we supposed to be in the world. But if you can really just trust yourself and start to listen into that, it affects every single part of your life. I think it's incredibly important. Earlier, you were talking about your writing circles, which is really interesting to me because I've met so many autistic people that are writers or poets, use writing to um, process their feelings and emotions or in many other ways. So what benefits have you seen come about from these writing circles? Yeah, an even greater expression of their truth. <laughs> um, I've generally what happens with the writing circles with me is that they end up usually writing. Um, we get out of our heads completely, and it's more of an embodied experience. So they go into their bodies and feel really safe, and you know, we use some mindfulness practices. And um, so then, then I intuit 
a writing prompt when it comes through for the group, and and then we free write. What comes through for almost everyone is very poetic, and I think like, I'm going to use the word soul language, but whatever word else you want to use, but whatever that language is that comes from within, it tends to be quite poetic. It tends to be kind of a mytho-poetic, and it's beautiful, and a lot of people don't recognize they have that within them, and it's their inner voice, their inner wisdom that can guide them, and so I've noticed that people have um, just really been able to claim that, like, wow, I have this inner wisdom within me, and I can start to trust this, and, well, this is so beautiful, this is part of an expression of myself, they start to feel more whole and free to really be who they are and to express that part of themselves that extends into um, other parts of their lives. One, one woman um, actually completely changed her, her life entirely. Um, she actually, her she did a writing circle and her husband had recently passed away. And, and then after the writing circle, um, she, after a couple of them, um, she ended up moving, selling her house, moving to another city near her sister and getting a condo near her and starting her new life because she began to trust her voice. And she thought, well, if I can do this, then I can start living my life the way I want to at this phase now. And and other people have used their writing and actually published it and had it published in in anthologies and, and things like that. It's helped people with their businesses to get clear about what it is they're really here to do, what they're taking a stand for. Um, so I've, I've seen that it's been really, really powerful to, for people, especially to have a safe place where they can just let their real beauty come through. I'm just even thinking about writing circles for, like in terms of myself as an entrepreneur. How do you think that would help someone like me? Oh, a lot. Because <laughs> a lot, I've had a lot of people that come that are entrepreneurial, and so the writing circles, like it would actually be fun to even do writing circles for entrepreneurs specifically to to clue into what their um, what their core mission is, what their core message is for their business, what what the umbrella is that says this is what I'm all about. Because that's a really hard thing to hone in for entrepreneurs. Um, it's really one of the most difficult things to identify. Um, and it usually helps to have someone mirroring that back. And so the writing circles help because you get kind of out of your head and you begin to listen to your heart. And if there is a writing prompt that prompts like, I am here to blah, 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 then you write from your inner wisdom about what it is you're really up to in this world and how that does translate into your business. And um, I think it's incredibly practical in that way. And I do one-on-one work with people with that actually quite a lot. And to me, that's fun because then it's also pattern recognition. I get to say, oh, well, these themes came up for you and these themes came up. It looks like it's this, you know, and how 
the puzzle pieces fit together thematically, which we sometimes have a hard time seeing ourselves, but can be pretty easy to see in others. So I think they're very helpful as entrepreneurs, um, just when going through any kind of transition in your life and reestablishing who you are or just really wanting to express yourself and have a way to work through that. They're, they're beneficial for all of those things. I've run them for grief circles before. Um, I think they're, I don't think there's really anything that they wouldn't be applicable to. Whether for myself or for others, if they want to learn more about your services and get in contact with you, how would they go about doing so? Yeah, um, probably the easiest way is just my website, um, which is my name. So it's RebeccaCavender.com. That's Cavender like lavender, but like E-R at the end, so RebeccaCavender.com. Um, um, I'm also on Facebook, and I, if you type in my name, I'm Rebecca Cavender Writer, and you'll find my writing page. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Again, you look up Rebecca Cavender Writer, and, um, and um, you can find me there. People are more than welcome to join the intuitive writing group. It's called Write Your Fire, and on Instagram, there's a, um, I have a link tree in my bio, so it has at the top of that the link to join the Facebook group, or if they go to my Facebook page, I have links to join the group on there. Um, it's free, and it's, in the Facebook group, I do, like, it, I provide them intuitive writing prompts every Wednesday, and I do some Facebook lives, and, and we do some challenges sometimes to help stretch us, but it's just a... It's just a gentle place where there's no pressure. Like, you don't, people don't have to participate. They can participate however they want. It doesn't matter. Um, um, but those are the main, the main ways to get a hold of me. And I'm um, really happy to talk to anybody. And well, Rebecca, I really appreciated the conversation and the opportunity to learn from you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode and thank you so much to Rebecca for the conversation. Using your intuition in this day and age is so important because life can be challenging for any of us. When you're autistic, the world isn't designed with your unique traits in mind and everyday demands can feel insurmountable. At Autism Personal Coach, we celebrate neurodiversity by empowering adults and teens to be the best version of their authentic selves. The people we serve are the real experts. We're here to help their goals become a reality. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself, email doug.bletcher at autismpersonalcoach.com or call or text 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Swathi Chetapali about one of our favorite topics, entrepreneurship. Talk to you then.
you can't improve Everyone around us Has said that we've improved Taking longer to study Longer to learn It also takes us longer Our actions are different 